Welcome to the Sermon Podcast for First St. Charles United Methodist Church in downtown St. Charles, Missouri. We are so glad that you're here, and it's our prayer that you feel safe, welcome, and wanted in this space. If you're interested in finding out more about us or supporting our ministries, you can connect with us online at firststcharlesumc.org. Today's scripture comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2. When the crowd heard this, they were deeply troubled. They said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Change your hearts and lives. Each of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, your children, and for all who are far away, as many as the Lord our God invites. This is the word of life. Our confirmants have just decided that they choose to confirm the faith they have been taught so far. And I know it wasn't easy. See, if they're anything like me, they were bound to have some doubts and still do. They struggled, and I struggle, to make sense of concepts like what happens after we die? And how do we interpret the Bible? Now, I'm speaking to confirmants here, and the confirmants, these are the questions that you'll continue to ask throughout your life. And at times, you will have a different answer to these questions. And that's okay, because as you know, our faith looks different from when we're 13 to when we're 30 to when we're 80. It means we're, if our faith doesn't change, it means we're not growing. And this is true of our scripture reading today. We witnessed that the disciples experienced some growing pains. Well, let's set the stage. This happens to be one of my favorite stories in the Bible, Pentecost. In Acts chapter 1, we see Jesus, after he was resurrected, appearing to the disciples before ascending into heaven. And Jesus' followers were left wondering what to do after that. How do you follow Jesus when you can't even see or talk to him? They wondered, and yet they still believed. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, we see the believers gathered on Pentecost, or what the Jewish people called Shavuot. Originally, Shavuot was a Jewish festival remembering when Moses received the law on Mount Sinai in the book of Exodus. The Hebrew people celebrated Shavuot or Shavuot 50 days after Passover. However, at this point in time of history, when Peter's talking, we don't know how much or to what extent they celebrated the holiday. Regardless, the timing is perfect, isn't it? The arrival of the law, the arrival of the Holy Spirit. And everyone around the ancient world, world had gathered in Jerusalem. And all of the sudden, they begin to speak in different languages. And if you have ever been to a popular tourist attraction like Disney World or Washington, D.C., or even locally, like the Festival of Nations in Tower Grove Park, you can imagine the scene. And not only was there so many languages going about, but people could actually understand those languages. And then Peter gets up and says, basically, 
You knew this was bound to happen, right? This event fulfills what we remembered in the prophet Joel, that the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon all people, and everyone lives into what God called them to be, old and young, enslaved and free, men and women, and everyone in between. And if you know anything about Peter, you know he wasn't short on words. We could say that Peter is perhaps the first influencer after Jesus' ascension into heaven. Now, we're using the term influencer that's been around for about 10 years, and it's used geared towards social, the social media world. And we're using that word and applying it to the people of the Bible. But today, in this sense, we talk about the influencers as the first evangelists. They were so compelled by the gospel that they needed to share that good news with the world. And unlike today's influencers, social media influencers who want to sell you something and keep it all positive, Peter's not afraid of explaining the whole truth. And he still has more to say. And it's not pretty. Remember Jesus, he asks. Jesus, the Nazarene, was a man whose credentials God proved to you through miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him among you. You yourselves know this. In accordance with God's established plan and foreknowledge, he was betrayed. You, with the help of wicked men, had Jesus killed by nailing him to the cross. Now, to quote a friend, yikes on bikes. <laughs> Peter implicates that Everyone, everyone is involved in Jesus' death because they couldn't even bother to care or they felt too afraid or they actively participated in his death. And Peter, Peter is one to talk, right? We remember he betrayed Jesus not one, not two, but three times. He was too afraid to speak the truth. And then we get to the verse that Pastor Bart preached on last week at Easter. God raised him up. God freed him from death's dreadful grip, since it was impossible for death to cling on to him. Can you imagine, can you imagine what the people felt at that moment when they heard Peter's words? Guilty, bewildered saddened, and overwhelmed, and maybe, maybe even hopeful. And then, and then we get to our passage in the, our scripture reading today. The crowd, the crowd simply doesn't know what to do with this information. They maybe thought about Peter huddled around the fire, denying he ever knew Jesus. They thought about themselves walking straight past the cross as an innocent man hung there. 
They remembered how they were so caught up in the crowd, in the peer pressure that the crowds caused, that they believed crucifixion would stop something bigger. Have you ever done something that you weren't proud about because everybody else was doing it? I know I have. So they asked Peter, how then, how then can we be saved? And Peter answers them. Peter replied, change your hearts and lives. Each of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far away, as many as the Lord our God invites. Change your heart and lives. Confess and ask Jesus to forgive your sins. Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, confirmands, if you remember the three types of grace we talked, that John Wesley talked about, this is the justifying and the sanctifying grace. And they connect, don't they? They necessarily connect. In some other churches, people will focus on what we call praying the sinner's prayer, which mentions confessions of sins and acceptance of Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But it stops there. And what happens is that we can worry about saying the right words to get into heaven and then not care what a person does for the rest of their lives. Methodists, however, realize that we are on a journey of faith. Yes, we can rest in the assurance that the Jesus who, died, who lived and died was and who was resurrected and continues to save us continues to save us. And we also realize that the gift of the Holy Spirit means we continue to change, we continue to grow. And oftentimes, oftentimes that can feel difficult. It can be really cool too, because as we grow, we learn about the abundance of God's love for us and God's love for the world turning from the things that hurt others and us is turning toward the things and the people that God loves. And hint, that's everyone. And the most basic essential of our Christian faith is because that God first loved us, God saved us so that we can love God and others. And even if we forget everything about what we've learned about Jesus Christ, we can always remember this. Now, most of you know I'm a nerd, and I've said that before, and I'm not ashamed of it. In fact, I think of us, each of us is a nerd about different things, whether we like baseball or reading or board games or video games or music or food. We all have things and passions that we can talk about for hours and hours. And now, for mine, I am a religious history nerd. Imagine that. But I'd like to share a little bit 
about the nun Teresa of Avila and how she can help us with our faith. Now, we didn't learn about Teresa of Avila in our confirmation journey. She lived in the 1500s in Spain, and her most famous book talked about a journey toward God. Kind of like, kind of like that sanctifying grace. I'm making it connect. <laughs> kind of like the journey we all strive to be on as we deepen our faith. And as she speaks about this sanctifying grace, she writes, The surest way to determine whether one possesses the love of God is to see whether they love their neighbor. Now these two loves must never be separated. Rest assured, the more you progress in love of neighbor, the more your love of God will increase. Now, as you grow in your faith, and even, even as you doubt, because you will doubt, this can serve as a guide to how you can know God's love. Simply put, do you love your neighbor? Do you love the person at school who can be a jerk? Do you love your family? What does that love look like? And we can remember, right, that love doesn't tolerate bad behavior. That's what Martin Luther King Jr. did. He remembered that love does not tolerate bad behavior. But love does acknowledge that everyone is made in God's image. Our best friend and our worst enemy. Our favorite teacher and our worst teacher. Love. Love is the greatest influence. So confirmands. And in a way, we're all on a journey of faith, so we're all kind of confirmands, right? Remember that to claim your faith means that you will change and you will be transformed by the Holy Spirit to becoming more like Jesus. And you can do this. You have the Holy Spirit to help you and you have your congregation. Look around you. You have your congregation in here and you have your congregation online to pray for you and support you. We love you, and we are so proud of you. And because you have claimed your faith as your own, remember these words from Teresa of Avila. Christ has no body now on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which to look out, Christ's compassion to the world. Yours are the feet with which he is going about doing good. Yours are the hands with which Christ is to bless everyone now. Amen. <laughs>